Hello, this is Poldark Fancast, a podcast created by fangirls about all things Poldark Saga. We are your hosts. I'm Michelle. I live in the States. You can find me on Tumblr at Poldark Muses, and I tweet at Musings. And my name is Rita. I live in England. I Tumblr at Princess of Poldark once a year, and I tweet at Rita Bites. <laughs> Uh, and this is the second podcast in our series, where we discuss the PBS airing of Season 5. For a full recap and analysis of Episodes 3 and 4, please check out FanCast Episode 64, titled, We Have Positive Things to Say, and Episode 65, titled, A Riot of a Time. For those of you unaware, the American airings of the seasons are significantly shorter than the U.S. counterpart. Oh, the UK counterpart. Oh, that would have got confusing. UK <laughs> counterpart. In most part to make room for the lengthy sponsored by adverts before and after each episode. This in turn means that quite a significant chunk of screen time is lost. And we're here to tell you what you're missing and to discuss how that might and definitely does affect the storyline. <laughs> so, okay, take it away, Michelle. What did they cut in 503? Well... Um, 503, uh, there's a scene where Tess goes to Drake's, uh, forge with something for him to fix for Demelza. Uh, Drake tells her that Tess should be grateful for his sister's generosity, and then she starts attempting to flirt with him. Um, Drake pretty much shuts that down right away, at which point she sets her sights on Sam. So that scene is eliminated uh there there are again those lovely little micro cuts that take place all over um and this one there's a scene where caroline is uh looking for dwight out in the um garden and you know she first comes out of the house and kind of looks around and then takes a few steps and then the next thing we see her is walking down the path towards that little bower where drake drake where dwight where dwight likes to sit um and uh so they cut just the the very beginning of that scene off um to free up some time and i'm okay with that uh they didn't cut any of the content of the scene which you know is just adorable when they're talking to each other through horace as long as dwight uh, Dwight and Horace still get their screen time. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. It's, and they're very cute and adorable. I love them. Um, there is a tiny bit of a scene shift to trend with that is cut um, right after the scene with Caroline, Dwight, and Horace. Um, and again, that's okay. Um. But the thing that they cut that just made me go, oh my effing God, was the scene where Demelza and the crew are walking past the Trendwith border and Demelza explains that no Poldark is supposed to go over there. And then we see Clowance kind of staring at the, staring up towards the the residence um, from the, the, defense and Demelza has to call her to to come along yeah uh, 
I can see why an editor would think that that was unimportant, but I want to bash them yeah. over the head with a newspaper or something. Like, no, editor! Exactly. No. Exactly. You know, that was one of the really lovely nods to the series. And um, I was bummed when, I mean, I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Let me rewind. And so, but yeah, that, that wound up going. And then... They cut the scene where Valentine is out in front of the house and the nurse is there with Ursula in completely ignoring him. Um, <sighs> again, one of the one of the things that helps to drive home the fact that Valentine is really not even a consideration by by anybody uh, at the house. Well, you know, his father is um, out of his mind right now, um, and uh, you know his. Uncle Carrie is more focused on trying to keep things quiet um, than, you know, wondering where Valentine is. And so, um, you know, yeah, I, I can see why they would they would do it. But again, character development. Um, let's see. They cut the scene where Cicely meets with her father in the pub and is formed. They will be returning to civilization soon. Uh, she asks what business he's conducting and her father tells her she'll find out when the time is right yeah he's arranging for your your marriage to to uh mr warlegged she's being sold like mm. cattle yes indeed uh the scene where the fam is all at drake's cottage where morwenna asks uh the uh you know drake sam uh demelza why they all learn to read and, you know, the, the end result is, is that they all had a cause to learn. Um, Rosina comes to the door begging for some milk with her brother Tommy. And Morwenna shares the picture book with him for the first time. That's a really good scene! I, I know. I know. I know. Uh, the scene where Drake and Demelza are discussing Tess and how she is a menace. <laughs> and he hopes his sister will come to her senses about the woman. <laughs> so it's like Drake is talking some sense. Yes, indeed. So they cut that. Well, there's about 16 different scenes where people are like, Melza, what are you doing? What are you doing with this woman? Yes. Um, they clipped another scene demonstrating the Whirlingans nurse's lack of interest in Valentine. You know, it was, a, a, again, a little tiny one. I don't but know. If you cut the first one, you have to cut the second one. By that logic, yeah. Um, they cut another scene of the children at Morwenna's when Drake returns with news about the rescue at the mine. Um, asks if she has looked outdoors lately, and when they uh, open the door, there are three new pupils sitting uh, next to the cottage. They're so cute! It really is! It really is! Um, I loved the whole Moena Becomes School mom. Me too! Arc. Me too! Um Let's see. And the scene where Hanson and Carrie are talking about how Cecily will be happy when George returns. And the next scene is, that follows that is the nighty run. <laughs> and they did not, yeah, they did not cut that. It's a but, very uh, important nighty run. Yeah. Yeah, they, they cut the scene kind of the lead up to, it's like, oh, yeah, everything's fine. You know, we'll let Cecily know. And, you know, things will be great. Meanwhile, George <laughs> is is escaping his straight jacket and running. <laughs> I love how running. we're laughing about this. When I was watching it, I was straight sobbing. <laughs> I, I know, but it was just like, 
watching it a second time, it was just like, oh my god. <laughs> this I should not be laughing. This show but, is uh... ridiculous in how emotional <laughs> it can make you feel about someone running through the field <laughs> in the 90. But yeah. Exactly. So yeah. Anyway. So that was um, what was cut from 503. Uh, so did these cuts actually affect the episode for you or not so much? Um, I think it really, I don't think it did with the exception of how they are um, really um, narrowing the Morwenna school marm thing. Yeah. Because that is a part of her healing process. Uh, you know, we start to see her kind of coming back to that person who we first met in, um, was it season three? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, season three. Where we first met back in season three. Um, you know, anytime she gets around children, it's like she just lights up. And so we start to see her beginning her healing process. Um, you know, we see that healing process take a bit of a nosedive in the next episode. <laughs> um, but, um, but uh, you know, we're seeing her starting to, to get better. And I suppose if you're going to make the radical change to her character of having her trauma suddenly healed by saying goodbye to her child which still doesn't make any sense no it doesn't if you're gonna do that then i think including this oh and and by the way americans americans that was a spoiler oh stars (laughs) but at this point like i don't care um you should have watched it while we were watching it um oh snap But if you're going to make that change to her character, you have to lead in with all of this school mom stuff because in a way that is help feeding that hole in her life, filling that gap. And without that, that's going to be like even more of an adjustment to make in your mind of like, oh, the traumas are about Mm -hmm. children now. Okay. Yeah. 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 So, so yeah, that was, that was a bit of a disappointment. Um, uh, again, you know, the little things that help to uh, develop the, the characters, um, you know, I, I don't think that what they wound up cutting will cause too much um, damage to, you know, those those uh, developments as we go along. But, uh, you know, all in all, the, the episode was still um, in, very enjoyable. Um, you know, it was the episode where, um, you know, Tess confronts Demelza and talks about how, you know, not everybody can, you know, sell themselves for a wedding ring, that kind of thing. And, um, you know, Demelza admits that, oh, yeah, that's kind of what I did. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and... I'm glad that they didn't cut that because one of the things that that scene uh, helps to um, emphasize is that Morwenna knows these two women who she knows and, and likes very much. You know, I would have a hazard to say, you know, that that, you know, she's coming to love um, Kitty, 
Kitty, thank you. Why would that fly out of my head? I have kitties. I love kitties. <laughs> we all love kitties. Anyway, yes. And I do love kitty. Um, but anyway, uh, Morwenna, um, you know, is hearing from these two women that she respects that, you know, sex is not all that bad. You know? Uh, so. Yeah, and like sexuality outside of a marriage is not that big of a deal to them. When yeah. it's so intrinsically linked in her mind, she's like, oh my god, mm-hmm. I'm married, I have to have sex, oh my god, mm-hmm. and all this pressure, and I think it's it's good, it's definitely important for her character, even though it's really underplayed in the moment, like, wow, we have to do a lot of di- digging yes. to get these nuances out of this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Um so yeah, so that was that was what uh, came out of five oh three. I'm relieved that they have not cut any of the fabulous George storyline. Yeah, I mean they've they they did not cut any of the like horrible treatments that he is undergoing, which um, you know I think was very important for this storyline. Um, so that what happens in um, episode four um, makes you know, so much sense. Um, you know, you see the difference, you know, in treatment, you know, from night and day. Um, so yeah, that was good. And, 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 and Dwight, before we, we leave, you know, we do have that fabulous party at, um, uh, that fabulous party at Caroline and, and, um, Dwight's house. And, Dwight is just so hot <laughs> <laughs> in this episode. Oh my god! He's wearing this beautiful that waistcoat, waistcoat, the blue waistcoat of <sighs> Yes, a gorgeous waistcoat. His hair is perfectly swoopy, and uh, yeah, he's he's just a absolute dream. Basically, boat. over the course <laughs> of, of series five, it was just like oh. Dwight is the hero we deserve. He wears yes, waistcoats yes. and he's always on the right side of history. <laughs> yes, waistcoats and beautiful white shirts. He's he's finally accepted his um um kind of lord of the manor, um, you know, wealthy landowner <laughs> kind of vibe and so he's he's wearing these beautiful white um, dress shirts with these perfectly tied cravats. My theory and... is that Caroline <sighs> may have just like raided his wardrobe and been like, I'm dressing you now. <laughs> oh, yeah, we <laughs> we are getting rid of this and this and this and this. So, so yeah, but yeah, Dwight. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. <sighs> okay. Now yeah. it's time to talk okay. about episode four. <laughs> episode four. I swear they, it, it seemed like they didn't cut as much from this episode as they did from the previous episode. Um, Perhaps it was already a shorter episode because I've noticed um, even in the BBC run, they mm-hmm. can vary in length. Interesting. Well, um, the we know, there's the scene where Morwenna is in Truro. And they, this Morwenna sees John Conan for the first time. What? They cut that? Um, <laughs> Seems... No, 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 no. They cut the tail end oh, of that okay. of, of Morwenna after she sees John Conan. So, again, they're showing the kind of the bulk 
of the scene, but cutting some of the stuff that happens at the end. Um, and so it's it's more abrupt, uh, the, the gear shift. Um, yeah, and then there's a scene where um, uh, a servant at Trendwith announces Hansen's arrival uh, to the home, and then we shift over to um, George getting some of the treatment that he's getting from Dwight. Just more of the conversation stuff and that type of thing. That is still there, but they cut the the scene where there's the announcement of Hansen's arrival, which is fine. I think if they had to cut anything, that is perfectly fine, as long as you leave what's happening between um, George and Dwight alone. Damn it. Damn it. Um, yeah. Um, there is a scene uh, at Morwenna's after her return from Truro where um, Drake you know, sees her, sees her upset, you know, that type of thing. And so they cut that. Um, Yeah. Um, There's a scene where uh, we're at Nampara and, um, you know, people are talking and eating and Kitty leaves the table overcome by nausea and Demelza follows her and speaks with her about it and gets Dwight to examine her. And the expected child is revealed. So, and they and they discover that there have been multiple uh, failed pregnancies. So that entire chunk. Well, gone. that right there is several minutes of the show. <laughs> I mean, yes, wow. yes, and you know this is this is one of the things that uh, helps to set up Caroline's kind of growing. Mm-hmm. Jealousy? Oh, it's oh, it's jealousy. Um, uh, of Dwight's attentions to Kitty, um, because he starts to see her more often, even though she misconstrues all of Dwight's kind of disappearance, you know, disappearances and needing to go see a patient, blah blah blah. Um, you know, all of the ones that are related to George. She misconstrues, of course, to think that he's going to see Kitty. So, anyway. Okay, so, um, there's a scene where Demelza and Prudy are talking and wondering where Tess is. Meanwhile, Tess is at the, um... Isn't she at the pub? She's at the pub. So, they just cut that, I wonder where Tess is. Fine. Segway oh my chunk. God. Gone. Stop going to the pub, Tess. That's the way you get in trouble. Uh-huh. Um, there's the scene where, uh, you know, George has had his kind of, uh, breakthrough moment with, um, you know, Dwight remembering that, you know, his was the last face she saw, you know, that he held her hand. So he's kind of remembered all of that, um, and has had that breakthrough. Um, we see him again at the table um having a meal and ross is at the drive and he's brought valentine oh, home yes. and um uh george sees ross down at the end of the drive you know and valentine getting off the horse and everything and 
and George, you know, basically slams his hands on the table and, you know, it's like, why can't that man leave us alone? And best <laughs> scene ever, if you ask me. I, I know. Um, they did keep the scene where um, he accuses Ross of trying to steal uh, Valentine. And 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 Dwight is there and Dwight basically talks him off the ledge <laughs> and, says, <laughs> and says, you know, you, you don't have anything to worry about. You know, you have your children, you know, blah, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So anyway, until Ross so, takes them <laughs> to Navarra. <laughs> um, so they 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 did keep that scene in, but they cut the scene where they Ross is at the end of the drive. So does George just sound a little paranoid in this version where he's like, Ross yeah. is stealing my yeah. child. Well, I suppose we do have mm-hmm. that scene from the episode three of him staring through the window. Okay. Okay. I see why, how they can get away with that. The window of doom. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, there is the scene, you know, it's, it's after the, uh, the rescue at the mine, um, you know, that, well, okay, we had the rescue of the mine, um, in the previous episode, but there's this really lovely, happy scene on the key. God, multiple, multiple rescues yes. of the mine. Um, happy scene on the key. Oh, I know why they're all happy. It's because of the, um, the mine reopening. So, everybody's uh, happy. Oh, yeah. And the scene where S- Sam and Rosina are making calves eyes at each other. Uh, they cut that scene. Like, you know, of course they would. Wait, doesn't the Sam. mine reopen at the end of the next episode? No. Um, remember, um, the uh, we have oh, the riot. after the riot. Oh, is the yeah, riot in we this have episode? the riot. And then uh, Oh, Ross... in my head, the riot was a dis- different episode from um, George no. getting his senses. It's all in the same episode? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, That's a I lot know. for George to deal with in one episode. I know. I know. Um, so everybody's happy on the key. Sam and Rosina, you know, making calves eyes at each other. You know, that's gone. And then the scene of Wickham reading the letter with the report about the mob scene at George's, which <sighs> fades into Ross and Demelza in bed. They cut that. And that's that. Not very happy with some of the choices they've made in this. Yeah, I know. I mean, in particular, like completely erasing Kitty from this episode is troubling. Well, Kitty is still there, but um, you know, this the whole underlying she's just a supporter, though, isn't she? She's... Yeah, yeah. She's not yeah, got her own the... storyline. Yeah. And so that's that's disappointing. And um, oh, let me see. But when you think about it, that that's a pretty short chunk of stuff that they cut. And I just want to say, if anybody out there has seen something that I have missed, please uh, drop us a note and uh, let us know because you know I'm I'm old. <laughs> I may have missed something. Um, and so, um, 
And I was a little tired last night when I was doing this. So, uh, you know, please uh, don't hesitate to send in a note to let us know if there was something else that I missed. Because Lord knows it could be very, very, very important to the storyline for this season. They're like, they missed the scene where Ross... I don't know what Ross did this episode, actually. What is... Wasn't he trying to buy something and then he didn't end up buying it? It was like, wow, yes, thrilling. Yeah, we still, yeah, we still have the lovely scene with Pasco, who is laughing at Ross. <laughs> we still have that scene, which I love. I love so much. You know, because all you hear is this, 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 this kind of maniacal laughter. And, uh, but yeah, so we still have that. Um, and where he's basically mortgaging everything so he can get enough money to purchase plenty. Um, and, uh, you know, Horace, not Horace. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned if it was Horace. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, but Pasco no, is just. No, Ross, don't yeah, do Pas- this. Pa- <laughs> Pasco is just like, dude, you're, you're out of your mind. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is awesome. Oh, what a good episode. So, so, yeah. So, I'm glad that they kept that because that was hysterical. Um, so, yeah. And they, and the other scene that they kept, and thank you, Jesus, that they kept it, was when Ross and Demelza are leaving Trenwith after the riot. Oh. And... Demelza, Demelza tells him, you know, uh, Ross, um, I love you. Um, and, you know, I would support what you're doing because, you know, what you're trying to do is, is, you know, for the greater good, but you don't think about us. <laughs> Sweet Jesus, <laughs> Ross, how many times have we been bankrupt? And, you know, I think that, you know, you, you take us for granted, you know, finally. And Ross basically says, you're too good for me. And it's just like, (laughs) I love these two so much. much." I wish the entire show was just like (laughs) those moments. Mm -hmm. Me too. Me too. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> now it's time. We, I know we're in our happy place, but we've got to move over to our inbox. Yes. And naturally, that will be less of a happy place. So, who's mm-hmm. our first? Uh, let's see. Uh, we have a message that says I know in the States you have a lot of missing scenes, which is such a shame, especially for this show, because it's so rushed. But there are so many deleted scenes for season five, it's unbelievable. Scenes where you find Tess with a backstory. Scenes of Prudy flirting with Ned. (laughs) Where Tess and Prudy have run-ins. Where Prudy learns to read and goes to school with the children is all missing. Uh, Beatty did not know till she watched it. Um, It's not all Debbie Horsfield's fault in this. Directors just want to keep action in. Wow, they just... That was brutal. They cut all of Prudy, it seems. That's massive. That would have been so fun. Seeing Prudy at the school with the kids. Just give me less Ned and give me more Prudy, if you ask me. Yes. God. Yes. 
So thank you, Nani. Uh, our next anonymous said, "Hi, the commentary track is brilliant. Both Aiden and Eleanor are on, are on it. Also, Jack, Luke, and Pip too. Yeah! Oh, awesome! Oh my God, awesome! I love me some Pip. Aiden has been filming since September in Poggi, perhaps Puglia. Puglia. Sorry, yeah. Italy." Puglia? Um, yeah, in Italy. A lot warmer than Cornwall, I bet. Oh, that's for damn sure. <laughs> I agree with most yeah. of your podcast, apart from, in my opinion, Ross thought Demelza was in danger. To him, she was. He told the French man, quote, you know how much I value my family, end quote. Demelza has been gagged and bound up, and if the French found out that Ross was crossing them, they would have gone for his wife and children. They knew where he lived. Okay. Except, like, in the scene where the French actually found out he was double-crossing him, they went after Ross, even though Demelza was standing mm-hmm. right next to him. So... Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just not going to change my mind about this. Sorry, everybody listening. It's a, <laughs> it's a big, massive plot hole for me. I don't think that they demonstrated that uh, she was in as much danger as Ross thought she was you know if there had been some indication that there was a a greater threat then okay i'll buy it but it it we didn't get that we didn't get that. it was a big wtf mm-hmm. and i don't i don't get the demelza had been gagged and bound up when did that happen Oh, okay. So, um, she does get bound and gagged when they, um, okay, spoilers, everybody. Sorry again, but at this point, you're really spoiled. Um, when she is held hostage while they're trying to, like, beat Jeffrey Charles and Cecily. Oh. But that's a completely different thing. Yeah. That's not the French, yeah. everybody. But basically, maybe the idea was planted in Ross that, oh, when I make these decisions to help people, it ends up with my wife in danger. But to me, the dots were not Mm. connected enough. Because it literally did not cross my mind until you pointed it out and on. Yeah, seriously. And again, you know, we said this last time, it's not our job to fill in these holes in our in our brains, um, well, okay, our brains don't have <laughs> holes, but the the plot line, the 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 storyline, is not our job to to be filling in the the blanks and the potholes that um, are kind of running Definitely. throughout. Definitely, there is a like a case that we do overanalyze this show and sometimes find meaning when there is just nothing there. <laughs> so. <laughs> I don't want to do that anymore, people. <laughs> it's too much hard work. Exactly. 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 Okay. Okay. Our next anonymous, um, is ladies, Wales Comic Wales Comic Con is not in Wales. It's in Telford, in the West Midlands. They call it Whale Comic Con, Telford Takeover. Okay. Uh, just in case some of your podcasters are going, um, I thought I'd better mention it. Telford is about 45 minutes f- from Birmingham and about two hours, 45-minute drive from London. 
It has confused a lot of people the way it was worded. I can see some going to Wales itself. <laughs> I mean, Lol. fair enough. Um, <laughs> yeah. Sadly, uh, neither of us will be going. <laughs> uh, for me, that's a bit of a trip. <laughs> I'd rather go to Wales than Telford. Like, n- no offense, Telford, but like Wales is like much more of a romantic place. <sighs> I was a bit disappointed that it's not in Wales. <laughs> oh god Uh, the next one was also from Anonymous what do you think is the point of the scene with Ross and Demelza in bed talking about Valentine and and then Ross blaming himself for Elizabeth's death I find it interesting that Demelza assures Ross that her death is not his fault she says how could it be hmm what are we as an audience supposed to infer from her remark? Hmm. Um, I do love that scene. Um, and um, they kept it in the episode, thankfully. Um, I think that one of the things that scene uh, gives us is uh, another glimpse into how Ross and Demelza's relationship has changed um, and grown that they're actually having these conversations, um, these types of conversations now, whereas, you know, before we, you know, Ross doesn't talk and, you know, Demelza is passive aggressive. And so, you know, yeah, this, this is, I enjoyed the scene a lot. Um, and I can see, I can see a wife saying something like, you know, her death is not his fault. And when you think about it, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> a you lot know? of a lot of Elizabeth's struggles in life were his fault, I think. Definitely having Valentine when she's unwed is a bit his yeah. fault, but yeah. her death cannot be placed on him no i mean you know yeah he suggested that in order to try and get george to stop obsessing about valentine's uh parentage that uh another child might help to to do that um I imagine in his head he thought maybe she could just fidge the dates a bit, not like take a potion that would kill right. her. And I think that that was, that was what he was implying was to, you know, kind of fudge the dates a little bit. And, you know, in the books, you know, Elizabeth was, you know, on the, the path of doing just that. Um, but she passed out at that hospital thing. and. Um, her pregnancy was revealed, I think, a month early, earlier than she had planned on, because she had planned on keeping it concealed for another month and then announced that she was pregnant, shave a month off of it, and then when she gave birth, it would appear as though um, she was having another uh, another early child. What I don't understand about that 
particular course of events, and this may have something to do with Winston Graham being a man, but you would not know in <laughs> that particular point of history how far along your pregnancy was. Wait, would like, you? Not specifically. You could only really know the first time you missed your period. Right. So how early along are we talking did a elizabeth find out and b pass out because if it's 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 like it's a it's she passes out in uh it's like i think it's in like june or something so she wouldn't have been too far along she could literally have just been like oh I'm not feeling too well, maybe I'm pregnant, and they could, like, just pretend it was a bit earlier, like, I, I don't know if I can explain this properly, <laughs> but the assumption that everybody would know exactly when she would give birth is a bit mm -hmm. wrong, like, it yeah. was not a precise art. Right. I hear what you're saying. Because you could very well get pregnant still have that first period and then like still be pregnant right right yeah i hear what you're saying but you, you know you have to remember we have dwight the super doctor uh, i just think it's who, like you know knows everything <sighs> the fact that she <laughs> she passed out and then oh oh i have to change all of my plans is a bit yeah misguided and i think again like we're dealing with a man here who thinks that everything is precise. Whoop! <laughs> Honey, some people still have periods when they're pregnant. Yeah. It's like, yeah, no. No. Wrong! Do your research. Do your research, Winston. Um, Maybe just, like, yeah, I... gynecological research wasn't his thing. He was more into, like, historical figures from Cornwall. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but yeah, I love that scene. Um, I love that scene. It showed a, it shows a, a vulnerability in Ross that we rarely see, and um, I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, um, I thought it was beautifully performed. What do you think we, as an audience, are supposed to think, though? Do you think that Debbie Horsfield thinks he's responsible? Because that's more complicated. <sighs> I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, how how could I mean? Okay, let me like rephrase that because later on in the series there is the scene. Sorry, again, we're getting spoilers. There is a scene where Dwight confronts Ross and says, "Like your actions have consequences." valentine and george are living with the consequences of your actions right now as in ross your actions caused elizabeth to conceive valentine and also her death ah and that's not that's not from no, the books it isn't just to be it clear isn't. that is very much a debbie horsfield invention um well you know now that now that you put it that way um, you know, Dwight, like in, in hashtag in the books, um, both Dwight and Ross know 
that there was some kind of a gangrenous um, cause for Elizabeth's death um, because, you know, they've experienced the this, the odors of gangrene uh, during their time in the war. Um, Dwight doesn't discover the little bottle, of the, a little potion bottle of doom uh, in the books, and uh, so he doesn't have that piece of knowledge. Um, maybe, maybe Debbie is trying to put the blame on Ross. I don't know. That's certainly my interpretation of these scenes accumulated. I personally don't blame him, so I find it a bit jarring when... But then why have Demelza be like, how could it be your fault? This scene is confusing. Mm -hmm. I, I suddenly yeah, agree with Anonymous that it's a very confused scene. Yeah, yeah. This is a really great question, Nani. Um... Thank you so much for, for sending it in because it's, it is definitely causing us to kind of have to think through this. Um, what do you guys think? Um, send us a note in um, our inbox or email and, and let us know what you think. Uh, we would love to hear uh, some more of your theories about this particular um, scene. Oh, it's got me so confused. It's, <laughs> this is, it's, it's definitely one to noodle on. Um, let's see, um, another anonymous, uh, does it bother you that Ross keeps telling people, uh, Jeffrey Charles and Demelza, that Demelza saved him? Why does he keep saying that? And why does he say that instead of saying he loves her? What is his problem? <laughs> <laughs> I do find about the way he says it to be slightly patronizing, as if, like... She's really? his salvation. Yeah, just something about the way Aiden says it, as if it's like, mm, I don't know if I can quite put it into words. But it's almost as if she's doing him a service rather than just being a person he can love of her own I see. accord. Does that make I sense? See. I see. Um, yeah, I'm, I am not, I'm not digging any further into, you know, the undertones or anything along those lines when he says that she saved him. Um, you know, it's not, it is not as we hear it again, hashtag in the books, where it's not so much that Ross says that Demelza saved him. But, you know, when he's recalling, you know, the the day that they met and when he, he hauls her out of that dogfight, um, you know, in the books, Ross says, you know, that was the luckiest day of my life, you know. And, and that sounds completely different than she's, you know, she, that you would be my saving grace. Although, personally, I like that. I like that terminology, that she's his saving grace. I think it's just one of those personal preference things and like a tricky, like you tweak the language a little bit and it suddenly mm -hmm. alters <laughs> the meaning for different people. It's kind of fascinating. Yeah, yeah exactly. 
um, you know, he never says in the in the books, you're too good for me. That's a really, to me, that is a really 20th, 20th yes. 21st century mm-hmm. statement. Yeah, it, that's definitely not how it would have been said back in the 19th century. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that, that I would uh, also like to call out is, that scene is the first time we've ever heard Demelza say, I love you. <laughs> to Ross. In five seasons. Which is crazy when you think about it. <laughs> but I could see somebody like Demelza who wears her heart on her sleeve so much throughout her life just feeling like she doesn't need to say it because her actions usually do speak mm-hmm. so much well, her words are mm-hmm. pretty flowery as well, but she's just so <laughs> demonstrative in how like how fiercely she loves people. Like we never saw her saying that, you know, she loves her children, but it was obvious. Mm-hmm. It's just one of those character yeah. quirks, I think. Um, yeah. But uh, another great question, Nani. Thank you so much. We're getting some good ones this week. <laughs> I know. Okay, our next anonymous said, this business about first loves cutting so deep and and nothing will ever cut so deep. Have you found that true in your experience? Oh, we're getting personal. (laughs) Wow. Well, I had a first love and have found memories, have fond memories of it, but it ended and life goes on. What does it even mean to have a love cuts deep? Oh, that's a good point. What does that cliche hmm. mean? Love cut deep? Does he mean like <laughs> it hurts? Because that implies that, yeah. that, okay, so your first love hurts far more than the ones later on in your life. Well, uh, I, th- yeah, I think that, that, you know, when I think about what that phrase means, you know, it is like, the first time you fall in love and then that ends um it's something that you've never experienced before uh and so you know it's going to wind up um hurting so incredibly much uh because it's something that you've never experienced before you've never experienced you know losing someone um or, you know, either in, you know, like, f- finally, like, they've died, or, um, you know, that they've just left your life, you know, that's something that is a, a first experience, and so that, that is something that um, can truly um, leave a lasting impression, um, and I, you know, I can say that that's something that has happened to me. Um, I've, reached the point where I, you know, obviously I don't find it crippling me to the point that I'm not <laughs> able to have, have a, a relationship again. Um, but, um, you know, the memories that I have of it are much more fond than they were for many years when it was far too painful to think about. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, I don't think that he is saying that, you know, that first love is just going to leave you paralyzed. <laughs> um, and, um, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to love again. But 
it is something that it's a first and just by its nature um, is going to wind up having a, a pretty significant impact. I agree completely. Um, my only caveat would be that I think this weird notion that everyone, that like it's a universal experience for everyone is mm -hmm. sort of what I struggle with. Like Ross just tends mm -hmm. to apply his own relationship with Elizabeth onto other people and assumes that he, mm -hmm. they're having the same feelings and they're the feelings they're having are just as intense when I would argue that that's that's not the case look at someone like Dwight I don't know who his first love is but potentially it could have been his ro romantic relationship with what's her name what is her name Karen, Karen. <laughs> and I stand mm -hmm. Karen that relationship was definitely informative and we saw it having repercussions into his relationship with Caroline. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't say that it had a particularly negative impact on his life or as profound as the one that mm -hmm. Ross had with Elizabeth. And it definitely didn't mm -hmm. end up impacting him in the same way. So I'm just the sort of... The, the caveat with this would be, yeah, okay, but not everyone is like Ross. <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Ross is extra dramatic about, and he definitely <laughs> let no because he let the, his first relationship with Elizabeth impact so much of his relationship yeah. with Demelza, even yep. when, even when it was a a new loving building relationship with Demelza that his relationship with Elizabeth like loomed over them large, like it was ridiculous. Yeah. At a certain point, you know, Ross is just too dramatic. <laughs> <laughs> He's a romantic. I know, I just can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, thanks so much, Nani. That was great. We're getting really great questions. Again, yeah. thank you, everybody. Yes. Um, another anonymous, uh, that scene with Cecily, her dad, Uncle Carrie, and George is rather ridiculous, where they're talking about George losing his wife and ready to choose another one. George is sitting at the table completely still. He almost looks like he's asleep. And Carrie has said he's so busy with his work. Doesn't anyone notice that George is not moving at all? <laughs> it's like God, George I love is those slightly kids. catatonic at this moment. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fair like, to say Cecily definitely noticed. She kept looking no. over her shoulder like, what the fuck? <laughs> this is what I get to look forward to? Awesome. Oh, God. Yeah, that was that was a pretty silly scene. But I do wonder if there's some truth in that. Usually when somebody is like going through a mental breakdown right in front of you, you're almost unwilling to see it. You're like, no, this is normal. This is fine. He's just <laughs> he's just a little tired because he's so he's so stressed with all this work. He's so stressed and busy, really, honestly. This is um... normal. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there there could be a little truth in that. Um, you know, oftentimes we don't we don't see, you know, either warning signs or, you know, things like that. Um sadly in some cases until it's too late um but um it's it's weirdly funny it though 
it wouldn't surprise oh it wouldn't surprise me that um you know she doesn't have enough knowledge of who George is as a person I think to be able to pick up on the the nuances of what's going on and Hansen obviously just does not give a shit he's just like no no I don't care at all he may be mentally unwell but you're gonna marry him yeah I mean dollar signs is all he's seeing asshole god I hate him (laughs) (laughs) he's just so wonderfully good at being evil though I know right oh god um so we got an email from other michelle and hello she's... other michelle Hi. uh she said <laughs> i was guardedly optimistic for this season but so far pretty meh for me uh there are some great moments mad george who recovers far too quickly uh cecily Word. and jeffrey charles yes uh mm-hmm. ross and Demelza are getting along much better and the return of Horace. Yay. Yay. But too much Ned. Exclamation oh point. Yes. Morwenna storyline about her son as explanation as to why she cannot have sex with Drake makes no sense to me. Is she said. Oh, spoiler. <laughs> I mean, we've, we've got it away we'll already. That I, already I already. I already gave that away. I'm sorry. Is she yeah. said, yeah, it's you to Drake. I would get that. Uh, not enough Caroline what's new if Tess has a backstory I missed it apparently it's on the deleted scenes other Michelle yeah. uh, literally zero backstory got that she's tr- she is angry destructive but why exactly I mean I need to watch this deleted scene clearly <laughs> uh, jealous of Demelza <laughs> I can put that together but geez give us something <laughs> huge problem with valentine adorable boy and a very good actor but he is not merely present he is repeatedly shoved in our faces a constant <laughs> reminder of ross's approximately eight year emotional infidelity oh it's much larger than eight years actual mm-hmm. infidelity and resulting illegitimate child with elizabeth who showed her gratitude to Demelza for saving her and her child's life by actively pursuing Demelza's husband. Yes, I'm back to Elizabeth <laughs> bashing because it's what I live for. Oh. <laughs> it's delicious. Keep it up. Um, It's just too much. Demelza, a sainted woman, is kind and loving to Valentine, which would be incredibly hard regardless of how cute he is. He is very cute. Um, Some inkling how hard it was for Demelza. If Ross could have realised it, expressed some remorse or guilt, appreciation for the way Demelza is handling it, but no. Ross goes blithely on his way. So damn irritating. And the ever-present ghost of St. Elizabeth? Question mark, question mark. I did mention I detest the way the writer changed her fundamental character and the changes she made in the Ross Elizabeth storyline from season three to infinity. Like a thousand times, maybe. Fundamental Mm -hmm. flaw of this entire series for me is what the writer did to the character of Elizabeth and the Ross Elizabeth storyline. For me, the series was much better when it stuck to the books. Yeah. (sighs) I mean, Yeah. 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 Although I would, I would, okay, here comes the, the, I'm not a Ross apologist, trust me. Um, but where she says that um, if Ross would have realized it, expressed some remorse, guilt, appreciation, I think that he is doing all of that. 
Um, and we see we see evidence of that, especially in um, this episode uh, and the the previous episode, where you know Valentine winds up showing up at Nampara thanks to Jeffrey Charles, um, and Ross gives Demelza a grateful glance of appreciation for her grace in you know, welcoming the boy into, into their home. Um, yeah. Um, and then he, again, when Demelza sees, um, Valentine with Ross, um, on the, you know, at Morwenna's house with all the other kids and then Ross, you know, putting the boy on his horse he says, I'll explain later. Um, and he does, he does so. Um, and, you know, and I think that, that he does it in such a way that he is showing that he is sorry for how you know, awkward it is. <laughs> the situ- yeah, how exactly. Um, and so I think that we're seeing it. I, we, we may not be getting you know, the, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, over and over again. I think if he was doing that, I would want to slap him. (laughs) (laughs) Be like, dude, enough already, okay? Um, I appreciate much more the glances of gratitude, the, the, you know, and the way that it has been presented um, in this series. I can't believe I'm actually Mm -hmm. saying this. But I appre- you know, I, I do appreciate how it is being handled. I think some of the problem with how this is presented stems from the fact that they introduced the fact that everybody knows Valentine's parentage way too early. Yes. And I think yes. that what we're seeing is like how awkward it is to try and keep to the books in all these other respects to how everybody's relationship has to be um yeah while maintaining this kind of idea that oh everyone knows about valentine when in the books it was so much more ambiguous you would never have a situation Mm -hmm. where ross would have to like explain why he is helping valentine like Mm -hmm. that um to Mm -hmm. demelza because you know, Jamelza wasn't so sure about his parentage at that point. So, exactly, it's exactly. like a confusion. You know, it was built... something that was never spoken exactly. about. So it's a confusion of the show's making. Like they made it yeah. more complicated than it had to be, and so now every interaction yeah. has to walk this tightrope. That I think sometimes it does fall down a bit, but that that's it's it's mm-hmm. its own fault, really. Sorry, Debbie, but you kind of made yeah. this harder than it had to be. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that while, yes, Ross is actually being, like, respectful to Demelza, I think the fact that they had to make Demelza go out of her way to be saintly and, like, being like, please play yeah. with my kids is just, um, it's almost too yeah. much. It made me uncomfortable um, because I felt like, you know, Tamelsa's already understanding and generous, 
do we have to push yeah. this so far into the like she stops becoming a real flawed human person with jealousies at that point it just yeah. it, it's uncomfortable yeah and ugh. yeah agreed agreed <sighs> hmm so thanks other michelle anyway now it's time for Poldark News. Yes! <laughs> so you might remember that a few months ago I told you all that Josh Whitehouse was starring in a new Netflix Christmas movie with Vanessa Hudgens. Well, people, we have a release date. Whoop, whoop. Uh, clear your calendars for November 21st. It's going <laughs> to come out. <laughs> it's called The Night Before Christmas. Night with a K. We're in the presence of a pun, people. (laughs) It follows a medieval English knight who is magically transported to the present day where he falls for a high school science teacher who is disillusioned by love. And I tagged you in a post myself. um, You're down. We're going to be... uh, Oh, yeah. Watching oh, the yeah. shit out of this movie. Oh, I'm yes. So excited. Oh, yes. Especially from the preview <laughs> pictures, it definitely looks like Josh Whitehouse has never been on a horse before. Which <laughs> should make this so delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh. How fun. So I want everyone listening to tell us, like, how do you want us to cover this? A review? <laughs> or we could do, like, a commentary track? I think a commentary track would be hilarious. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> it could be like a, a fun Christmas bonus before we leave you for the holidays. So write in with your suggestions. But either way, prepare yourself. It's happening and I'm so excited. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's going to be so much fun. Oh, right. Mm. I yes. might like stockpile with some Christmas snacks while we watch it. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. There, there will, there will be eggnog. Yeah, but well, I've never there... had eggnog because England. What? Yeah. What is an eggnog? Is that egg in eggnog? Yes. Okay. What's the nog part? I don't know why they what the nog thing is. Is it alcoholic? Some people, some people say it's the it's the booze. <laughs> uh, so it's like alcoholic egg. It sounds disgusting, but it's actually quite delicious. Oh, especially sure. if especially if you um make it from scratch. Mm-hmm. My my mother my mother um used to make um eggnog um from scratch uh every Christmas and it had a shit ton of booze in it. Um <laughs> I mean if you have a recipe, I'll give it a try, but I'm not promising okay. it'll be delicious. <laughs> Okay, okay. I will find one and I'll share it with you. And and listeners, you can listen to me trying it for the first time and being like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> it's like, oh my god, this is disgusting! So. Uh, <laughs> so, if, so, if not eggnog, then uh, some mulled wine. Mm. Mm. Now we have that. Oh, delicious. It's so yummy. Mm. Anyway. Okay. So What's happening on Tea Public? If you would like to support the show and help pay for our hosting fees, then please head over to tpublic.com forward slash user forward slash product fancast where we have 12 different designs and you can buy t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, and now magnet stickers and pins. I have bought myself the St. Elizabeth sticker and when it arrives, I'm sticking it 
on my laptop because it's uh, nice. truly something I believe in. Uh, nice. <laughs> I, I can't show my grandmother because her Catholic ass would be like, what are you doing? Oh. <laughs> Blasphemy! You're going straight to hell! Uh, Succumb be blasphemous! <laughs> I think I'm going to buy a uh, Horace t-shirt. Because yeah, it's just so cute. You can Horace. wear it while we live commentary live track commentary. of us watching the thing. You know, I'll get yes. drunk on eggnog and you can be like stroking. T- <laughs> Stroke. <laughs> <laughs> Depends where he sits. I, I was going to say, I was going to say, nope, nope, not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, before we got wildly off track, I was going to tell you everything is 35% off site-wide. So get in there and get your discounts while it lasts. And hey, Christmas is coming up. Sounds like a plan, people. Okay, well, that is all from us for this week's podcast. Uh, We'll be back in a fortnight with another recap of what the PBS version is cutting in episodes five and six. If you're watching along, please feel free to get in contact either by emailing us at poldarkfancast at gmail.com or finding us on social media. We are poldarkfancast on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Tumblr. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts to help us get the word out about the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs>